According to Callus. This is episode 194, and this is going to be a Friday frolic. <laughs> I would almost say fantasy, but I'm not quite willing to go off that direction just yet. Perhaps maybe more akin to fan fiction. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about things the way they could be. We're going to spend a little time just developing a couple of ideas to see if you could imagine a better situation. If we could make the most of what we have. So, on with the show. And just in case you're wondering, yes, I'm on iTunes. I'm on the Google Play Store. I am on Spotify, Podbean, um... (laughs) I'm sorry, the uh, Amazon store, TuneIn, iHeart, and even Reason. There are lots of podcast catchers out there. I am doing my best to get the show out there. But you know what? I could really use your help. If I'm entertaining to you, even just a little bit, share the show. If you think I gave a valuable episode here or there, please do a review. If you think that I could do better or do something different, make a comment reply send an email if you just want to help me out share the show subscribe take the 30 seconds out try it out i've got not quite 200 episodes now i've covered a lot of different subjects and today today this friday show is just going to be a little fun so here we go i was thinking as I do when I'm driving and pondering about how could or what would make Texas better? How could we have a better situation than we do now? So there's any number of ways to answer this. And I'm trying to avoid the objectively political lightning rods. Okay, let's just assume for the sake of this discussion that everybody in Texas is pro-Texas, has a Texas culture, and you can define these things how you want, just for the sake of argument, for the sake of this discussion, for this fantasy, if you will, we're all going to be of like-minded nature. Doesn't mean we're exactly the same, but generally we agree on these things. So how might we have... A little bit nicer place. Well, for one, as we have political subdivisions, we would know them as towns and cities. We would have minimal interference. If you own a piece of property, you ought to be able to do pretty much what you want on your property, so long as you're not upsetting your neighbor. Now, herein lies the rub. What does upsetting your neighbor entail? What is that externality that economists like to talk about so much? What pain or sorrow are you causing your neighbor? Now, the old adage is, you're lowering my property values, therefore you are a blight on the community. Well, let's set that aside for just a moment. Because if we have a stable currency and we don't have investors owning vast quantities of homes and land, generally property values stay stable even when you have a less than desirable neighbor, generally. So that 
goes into the live and let live nature that once upon a time was very, very prevalent in Texas. And honestly, outside of some of the big cities is really the way that most people live. But what if we were to return that to the cities? What if we were to, I don't know, just for the sake of argument, limit a city to no more than 600,000 people. And I'm just drawing that number off the top of my head. It really has no significance of anything. But we could just make it a half a million just as easy. And what if, what if we said that no county, or county government for that matter, could have more than a million people? Now, just in case you're wondering, that is roughly the current estimate of the population within Collingwood at this time. So we're at the limit of where we should be. But if you go out and drive about Collingwood County, you can see we have plenty of land, undeveloped, present, and available. We have three cities that are at or above 200,000 people. We have a fourth one that's over 100,000 people. So I would say we have a pretty good mix. We we have a fairly um, well-established community, city level, as well as the rural outlying areas. But what if we were to mix this up a little bit more? What if we were to, I don't know, put more limitations on how big an area could grow? Now, I know that's kind of counterintuitive. Or that's a less than desirable outcome, perhaps, for some people. But if you're preserving community, you're preserving a lifestyle, you're preserving what's Texas, I mean, it's not like you're going to forcibly remove people. It's not like you're going to, I don't know, uh, expel people. But if you just discourage it, if you just limit the... Um, influx of people. I mean, the reality is you can subdivide, right? Does Dallas really need to have a million residents in it? I don't think they're not doing a good job. I mean, clearly they don't arrest people for stealing less than $700. I mean, they can't take care of all the hit and runs. Traffic violations are a thing of the past, but what if they were to subdivide Dallas? Make it in the say five different cities that are two hundred thousand plus. What if they were to cut out the areas that aren't actually in Dallas County? What if they were to just divide them into four equal quadrants? I mean, could you not get better representation that way? Could you not mm, perhaps deliver the services better that way? Now I, I'm just going to set aside the sewer, the water the electrical, I mean, the utilities, they're going to function whether there's a city there or not. I mean, the city is not important to their function, if you will. Not really. The county does a lot of that, and certainly the state. The city is just another administrative unit. But if you were to just say, well, you know, uh, Oak Cliff needs to become its own city. And I'm just picking on Oak Cliff because that was the first part of town that came mind. I mean, you could very easily say Deep Ellum needs to be its own city, right? Or how about Uptown? Or uh, I mean, or just take all of downtown and create its own little subdivision there. People would have better representation. It would more accurately reflect the people that live there. And they would certainly be more responsive to their needs and their desires. 
Now, it would reduce some of the power, perhaps, that these elected officials have. It would um, create a little bit more uh, cooperation that would be necessary. But, I mean, if you just subdivide each city as it hits a half a million into another smaller subdivision, how does that hurt anybody? Maybe that's better. Now, if you get to a county that's got two million people in it, I mean, that's a huge county but what if you subdivide the county? What if you split the cities within the counties? Well, what if you just say, you know what? We're not going to develop any more land in this area. We're going to leave a buffer. We're going to leave this uh, agricultural zone that surrounds this area. A green belt, if you will. What if when we uh, laid out new properties, we kept in mind that there's a certain suburban nature that we would like to have. Now, when pop, when property becomes more valuable, by necessity, the property becomes more dense because you're putting more people there to offset the additional cost. But what if you were, I don't know, to recognize that, you know what? Grayson County is only 10, 10 miles more up the road and, you know, Hunt County is only 10 miles down the road and, you know, Delta County is a little bit further out than that. I mean, but if you're going to have to drive to work no, I mean, you want to stay somewhat close. I mean, there have been multiple articles that have come out in the last 10 years, how the new Renaissance is going to be the, the city and the outer suburbs are going to be abandoned. Indeed, the inner belt suburbs will get a revitalization. Well, that's all well and good. And I have no problem with that. I think that's probably not a unfair, um, analysis of the facts but the reality is is this doesn't really need to happen if we would have been a little more creative now we have these things called uh zoning laws and uh permit requirements but what if we just said that you know what this area is going to be a zone that we allow people to experiment we allow for different forms of materials different forms of design different structural building materials. Now, granted, most people that are going to go to the trouble to build a house are not going to build a piece of junk that's going to fall down. And there are errors that occur. And there are people that cut way too many corners. But that's a very small, minimal amount. Now, down in Houston, they have very little zoning issues, right? Because they didn't do a lot of zoning. They have very little restrictions on what can be built and where it can be built. I'm not suggesting that's perfect or that's ideal, but I am suggesting that Houston's the largest city in Texas. They must be doing something right. Houston continues to grow. They must be doing something right. Perhaps we could look at some of that in some of the smaller towns. Right. So you have, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to just pick a town down the road for me. Pick Salina. Now, Salina's probably got some very strict rules on what can be done in their ter territory, right? Well, you have to have um, 200 and, uh, I'm sorry, 2,500 square foot home. You have to have setbacks of 20 feet. You have to have minimum square footage uh, for your lot. And <clears throat> yes, you can only have gas or electric heat. And the building materials must be thus. What do you think happens with this? It becomes very expensive and very regimented. And honestly, most of the developers that come in, they love it because, hey, we can put up a hundred of these houses pretty darn quick on 
a spec. And this is how it's going to look. And we just don't give the people choices. But what if, what if we were to recognize that there's a whole lot of people that can, can commute electronically. There's a whole lot of people that are actually more interested in, I don't know, homesteading or a small town. What would it take to invest in creating little towns? Now, there's plenty of them that are in Texas. Some of them have dried up and nearly blown away. Some of them are having a little renaissance here and there. And some of them are just slowly dying. But what it would take, I don't know, to move a couple dozen families in there and say, hey, look, this little town here, you can pretty much do what you want here. They have very few restrictions on building. They have um, non-restrictive coding so that you can do more than one thing in a building. I mean, when I was a kid, and I grew up just outside of Milwaukee, it was very, very common when I was very young that you would have a storefront downstairs and the people would live upstairs or behind it and they raised their kids that way and they were quite well and they had a business integrated with their family life. They, they were successful and they worked well and we're not allowed to do that anymore. It's such a challenge. I mean, even in downtown Dallas, when I go there now, it's like verboten. The new buildings aren't allowed to do that. And, you know, you have to have a certificate of occupancy. So you go to the trouble to buy a piece of land. You go to the trouble to build a home or a property to their specs. And then you have to get their permission to move in or utilize it. When did we get to the point that we allow government to dictate that much about how we live and what we build? Now, to be sure, there were probably many early buildings that were built shoddily. And there were problems and people did stupid things. And I'll grant you all that. But did more government actually fix it? Or did a few people having a problem fix it? Did a few people having negative results because they just didn't build this to spec? And now the roof caved in or the wall flaked apart or the concrete in the yard popped apart or the brick failed. Now granted, if that happens to you, that's a tragedy and it's terrible and you have to try and recruit that cost and get somebody to come fix it. But you learned your lesson. And I'm fairly certain you're going to make sure everybody you know never has to go through that again. And I'm going to assume that if it was a reputable company, they learned the lesson. They'll do better. They paid for that cost. They they maybe aided or maybe they had their insurance take care of it. But in either case, it improves going long term. Now, i got to say, I'm a fan of the concept of free trade. I'm a fan of the idea that there should be very little restrictions on trade. But I'm also a Texas first kind of guy. And I look at things and I see and I wonder what are we sacrificing so we can get a trinket for 50 cents? What are we sacrificing so our computer is $5 cheaper? What are we doing away with on the altar of the almighty dollar? On the altar of expediency? This is something that I would like to look at at some point a little further down the road. This is something that is important to me and relates to many things that I see and hear as far as what's going on in the world today. And I wonder if there isn't a better option, if there isn't something that we could do in here and now to make this difference. And I've hinted at one such thing that I'm looking at, maybe seeing if we could launch up in Grayson County. 
But I'm wondering if there isn't a bigger, better movement that could be built upon this. If you're curious how that may play out, go check out the Urban Farm Guys. Now, I know they haven't posted any videos as of late, but there's a good series of videos of things they did a few years back, and it really laid the groundwork of what one group thought they could do in one area to improve that situation. If you want to even have a more interesting view of it, look at what the folks have done up in Moscow, Idaho. I'm going to have one of those guys come into town here for St. Patrick's Day. He's going to come talk about a topic, but I'm hoping I can get him to talk about just what's gone on in Moscow, Idaho in the last 30 or 40 years and how they started from basically nothing but a guy with a dream and a vision to where they're at now. These are the things that are of interest. These are the things that are important, and I really like to work forward, to work toward, to improve, to see just what is it we can do to out or change the outcome of what we're doing. And I'm sorry, but I'm about tapping out tonight. This is, according to Callus, this is episode 194, and I'm going to call it a night before I see you on the other side, quite literally. Thank you. Good night.